This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Welcome to the Torah Anytime Tisha B'Av Burst of Inspiration. In a few days, either we'll be wishing people a good Yom Tif, a happy Tisha B'Av, or Chas V'Shalom, will once again be sitting on the floor and not be offering any greeting. Either way, if Chas V'Shalom, we don't have Mashiach come before this Tisha B'Av, and we do experience another Tisha B'Av, we all owe debt of gratitude to Torah anytime for creating the ability for us to enjoy the Shurim we like to hear and that inspires us and that helps us grow closer to the Rabbi Shalom. Wherever we are, we can enjoy the Shurim at no charge. And for that, we owe debt of gratitude to Torah anytime. But Torah anytime itself is not going to be the one to bring Mashiach. Each and every one of us have something that we need to do. As we know, the Beis Midrash was destroyed because of Sinas Kinnam. And the way it's going to be rebuilt is by Havas Kinnam. And to do that, we have to change the way we look at people. It's not enough just to not say bad things to people, to refrain from negative words. But our whole outlook to somebody else has to be one of positivity and to look at somebody in a beautiful way. In 1903, Rav God Eisner was born. They affectionately called him Godel, of Godel Eisner. He was born in Lodz in Poland, which is where he grew up. When he was about 16 or 17 years old, he got married, and he lived in Lodz. He was a mashpia in one of the Ger Shtiblach. He was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. He was a tremendous Kayach and a mashpia. People would come to him to, to hear his learning, to hear his teaching, and to listen to his advice. Unfortunately, in the 1940s, the Nazis came in and they created the Lodge Ghetto. And as they herded everyone into the ghetto, things were very, very difficult. And unfortunately, he lost his wife. And a short while later, his parents passed away. And it was not long afterwards where his in-laws as well succumbed to the situation. And he was left alone with a few chaverim. And that's how he went through the war from Lodge to another labor camp the concentration camp to another labor camp. Ultimately, he survived the war. When the war was over, he lost everything. He went back to Lodge to see if maybe someone else survived, and he came there and nobody was there. He saw that in front of the Jewish center, there was a pile of svarim growing. People were coming, Goyim, other Jews, and they were dumping svarim over there that they were found lying around. And every day of Godel would go there and he would go through the Svarim trying to salvage what was still salvageable and the ones that were in disrepair, he would bury them. And one day he was sitting there going through the Svarim and he opened up a sitter and he was shocked to see his own daughter's name in that sitter. And he burst out crying. This was his only connection he had to his daughter. And he took that sitter, and he took it with him, and from there he ended up a few days later in Paris, and from there eventually he ended up in Eretz Yisrael, where he settled in Tel Aviv. He remarried, but he never had children. And the Gerab asked him once again to be Mashpia in the Gerab Esmedrash, which he did, ultimately moved to Yerushalayim. And one day, a fellow came over to me for Pesach, a Bach, and he said, Rebbe, I'm not going home for a little while. Maybe I can help the Rebbe prepare for Pesach. 
And Rav God said, I don't really need any help, but thank you. And the Bokhah said, no, really, I want, I want to help the Rebbe. What can I do? He says, you know, if you really want to help me, I have a tedious job for you. He says, sure, I want to help the Rebbe. He says, well, my minig is to clean out all my swarm for Pesach. If you want to help me with that, you can help me with that. And the Rebbe, and the Bokhah said, sure, of course, I would love to. And he came to his house, and he started to go through the swarm. To be makar taif to the Bokhah. God would share his insights on different swarm when he would take it out. He would tell them about the Machaber, an insight of the Machaber, an interesting story of the Machaber's life. And one of the swarm the Bokhah took out was a sitter, a large sitter. So if God looks, he says, oh, that sitter. That was my daughter's sitter. He says, really? He says, yes. And he tells him the whole story of how he went through the war, how he lost his daughter, he lost his wife. He lost his in-laws, his parents. And how after the war, he was going through this farm and he found this sitter. And this is the only connection he has to his daughter. And the Bach was amazed. Never heard this story before. He opens up the sitter to start cleaning. He looks inside. There's no name there. He looks at his Rebbe. He says, I don't understand. The Rebbe told me it's his daughter's sitter. When he was cleaning up, he, he saw the name of his daughter in the sitter. There's no name here. So if God was quiet for a moment and he says, well, about 10 years ago, I was cleaning up for Pesach and I looked at the sitter and it was starting to get old and the, the binding was starting to come apart. So I brought it to someone who binds swarm and I asked him to bind it for me. When I came back, he did a beautiful job. Evidently, he didn't think that the first page was important and it was tearing. So he put in a beautiful new page. And when I came, I opened up, I saw the page was gone. So the Bachel looked, he said, so, so didn't you look around? Didn't you look in the Geniza, maybe in the garbage? He threw it somewhere. So God looked at the Bachel and says, I don't understand. Why would I go and look for the paper? What happens if I find it? Could you imagine how that person would feel? The person who was buying this farm, could you imagine how he would feel? What he did? Even though it was no fault of his own? How could I go and say something to him? How could I even go and look for that? And therefore I kept my mouth shut. And then this Bachar understood for the first time what it really means to have a Havaz Yisrael, to think of the other person. And that is what we need to do. If in a few days from now, we'll be Zeichen not to sit on the floor, and Zeichen not to give greetings, but instead with a big smile to wish each other a good yontif, a happy Tishabav. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.